Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. Hey everyone, Mark and Steve with you on the PBSE podcast. This is episode 201. Uh, we got a uh, really amazing submission from one of our PBSE listeners. It's a partner and uh, it's so raw and real. We we just had to read it uh, because yeah. it's just so hard. And man, did our hearts melt. Oof. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what she sent us and then we are going to address this. So he says, hi, guys. Thanks so much for your podcast. It has been very helpful to listen to. I hope to join your D2C program soon once my income is stabilized. My husband had an affair with a friend of mine who was actually staying with us at the time. My husband and I have been living in separate houses on the same property since one of the discovery days. And she says in parentheses, yay for trickle truth. But she's been listening to us about just how uh, truth disclosures. Yeah. Trickle truth disclosures over time rather than all at once. I am now in the beginning of the one year anniversary of a four month period uh, in which I was severely gaslit by both my partner and my friend. My suspicions and anger were blamed on my menopause and the gaslighting ended up uh, ending up in me having a nervous breakdown at the end of uh, November last year. The gaslighting continued uh, after that until uh, Discovery Day five weeks later. And even then, I was still blamed, shamed, and yelled at by him upon every discovery of his of his destructive behaviors. The gaslighting behavior has continued off and on since that time, especially, especially since he admitted to a porn addiction. Uh, with him stonewalling, uh, not replying to my texts, etc., shaming me, blaming me, being disrespectful to me, talking over me, patronizing me, etc., etc. He says he wants to make things work with me, that he doesn't want to hurt me again, and that he wants to be with me for the rest of his life. I have expressed to him 
what I need in order for us to be able to move forward as a couple, such as work with a, with a therapist, join your program, do 12-step, etc. But he is doing a porn addiction recovery course online and feels that that is all he can handle for now. Uh, he is still not relational with me, cannot hold space for me when I have coping issues. Uh, he ran away the other night as he felt I was losing it. He's inconsistent, has excuses for not adhering to my boundaries and not addressing my needs, and is hesitant to do a full disclosure. Now being in the beginning of the one-year anniversary of all of this, things are getting really bad, and the same things are happening for me as they did last year. And me being unable to sleep due to feeling constantly unsafe, feeling angry and upset a lot, and not being able to have relational conversations with him. I told him that I do not feel safe here. I live in the same house where they they did all of that stuff, and I do not feel safe with him. He cannot understand why I don't feel safe with him and keeps saying that he is not a danger to me. So here comes your questions. Can you please do a podcast about safety for the betrayed spouse? Why we don't feel safe, what it takes to make us feel safe, and how important it is for us to start feeling safe again. And also, what makes us feel threatened and unsafe? Woo! Mm-hmm. That is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot to process there for sure. Well, uh, yeah, we've read through this multiple times and it's still hard to read. Um, and we, we have lots of thoughts, but we wanted to try and convey these, you know, with, with this being a podcast, a, sh- a shortened format, uh, we want to concentrate on, on the questions that, uh, that this, this poor, poor partner, uh, sent to us and, uh, and try to walk through it that way. Um, cause I'm sure we'll cover most of our thoughts during that <laughs> Yep, as we go through. So first of all, why do betrayed partners feel unsafe? Oh, where to begin? I feel like oh I'm goodness, yeah. over here on the other end. I feel like I'm cracking my knuckles and getting ready to ready to roll here. <laughs> everyone, everyone listening, it's important that everybody understands the following. Betrayal is no less of a loss than physically losing a person that you're close to. Oftentimes when we look at betrayal or we look at trauma, we we may say that it's hard and it's hurtful. We may even acknowledge that or try to create create space for it. But what many fail to understand is that betrayal trauma, specifically within an intimate relationship, is no different. And in some ways, I have clients who would argue is worse than the loss of a person. That person had died. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because the person is still here, still hurting them, and is and is kind of present. It's 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 almost the loss without being able to grieve something in totality because we're now in this new reality, right? It's a loss of of everything. When we talk about betrayal, obviously betrayal can happen in different ways and in different relationships. When you're talking about a marriage or a committed relationship, which for most people is the most, if not one of the most intimate relationships that they have in their existence on planet Earth, and the bottom falls out on that, what research and experience has shown time and time again is that the probably the biggest determiner of the depth of trauma is, is the depth to which the relationship that the betrayal occurs in extends. Mm. Sometimes we will hear husbands say that this is a loss. Uh, you know, they'll question when we say, you know, this is a loss of everything. They, for them, it's a loss of everything because for many spouses, you're everything. Mm. 
It's a loss of everything because you are everything to her. You are in many ways are their whole world, mm-hmm. or at least attached to parts of their whole world, mm-hmm. right? If we're talking in a healthy, in a healthy way. But obviously, we, every relationship also has elements of codependency as well. You're the most important person in the world to them. So when you, so when we go out as addicts or as betrayers, and we gaslight, when we lie, when we manipulate when we withhold the truth, when we minimize, when we shortcut, when we skirt, when we do all of the things that Mark and I have done and all the things that too many of you have, have that are listening have done, we, we, we probably are doing, we are probably finding success in, in doing the most damaging thing we could possibly do to our partner Yeah, because they it really is a, a questioning of everything. Yeah. It's everything I thought that this relationship was. It's everything I thought about him. It's everything about my place in all of this, right? And and yeah. and if we talk about what the because this is such as a such a huge loss, and the processing of that loss, right? If we talk about okay, so what's been lost? One of the things that jumped out at at, at Steve and I as we read this was it's a loss of reality. Yep. My my faith in my own story. Yeah. When he the whole narrative. The whole thing, right? Was any of it ever real? Was it all a lie? Did he if ever this really man, love me? Yeah. If, if this man that I have been married to for X amount of years, I've shared a bed with, I've made kids with, I've done everything in my world with, could keep these things from me, what is to say everyone else isn't keeping things from me? We yeah. hear this from partners mm-hmm. all the time. Because that betrayal happened again on that intimate level, what have we done unwittingly and albeit probably unintentionally, but that doesn't diminish accountability. We have cut the knees off of, of our partner's faith, not just in ourselves, but in theory, many, if not most of the relationships that are in lesser importance going down from there. Yes. Yep. There's a the damage is profound. This massive loss of trust, not just in him, but trust in myself. Absolutely. And sometimes the trust even of others. Right? What what do we often hear? How could I have been that clueless? How did how did he do all of this and I not know? Do I have any ability to be intuitive? Can I trust my gut about anything? I mean, am I crazy? Am I just dumb? Am I stupid? Right? This trust in self is is a big loss in this process. Absolutely. You know, the, the going to her her first question: Why why do we feel unsafe? Safety is determined by what? It's determined by many things. But if you talk about biology of the brain, safety is determined in many ways by what is known. Yes, right? it's known. Our familiarity with our environment. When we are at home, why do we feel so comfortable there? It's a combination of a, no- a number of things, right? We've had positive memories there. We, A lot of other elements. But what else is it? Everything's known. I know where this is located. I know what happens in this room. I know what goes on here. Mm-hmm. And now we're dealing with a situation of, oh, there's the bed that my husband and I used to be intimate together with and practice intimacy. That's no longer a space where that happens. That's a space where he was with his mistress now and chose somebody else physically over me. Yeah. Right? Or, 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 or this, this, this is the house or the, or yes. the, or the apartment or the hotel room or the vacation condo that, that I thought was special to us or, Right, the list just goes on and on and on. That that street you always take to work, because now there because it, you, the strip club you were going to and lying about is located on it. 
your wife's drive to work just became difficult. Guys, it's really important. We know that we're speaking with pretty strong language here, but you have to understand how profound the actions that or inactions that you take in, in your partner's world are for them. We can totally speak to feeling like that's hard to grasp at your stage because it was hard for us as well. Do yourself a favor and trust two guys who have been there and already done it the hard way. Yeah. Um, you will save yourself a lot of grief and time as, as, as will you on your wife's side as well. So this loss of safety, this loss of the known, part of the betrayal trauma reaction of, of a brain is picture like, again, you took a person, you just, you blindfolded them and you stuck them into a completely unknown environment. They don't know who they're around. They don't know who's, who's in the room with them. They don't know anything. And they're literally crawling around on their hands and knees trying to figure out just the basic layout. That's your partner following your actions. Exactly. One of the other areas uh, of a huge loss that we see so much that, that's especially heartbreaking for me and Steve, because we saw this in our own partners, is the loss that a partner goes through of their own worth and self-image. Yeah. Who am I now? How did I become so unwanted by him? Why am I no longer worth him choosing me? Right? Will I ever be enough? Yeah. To him romantically, will I ever be enough to anyone else in general? Right? How can I ever compare to to these to these these outlets and 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 people that he's accessing through his addiction? Right, uh, this competition now, this comparison. I mean, it just destroys self worth and self image through this whole process. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's speak to you a little bit. Let's speak to the, to you partners for a minute because I know we've been kind of talking here about we've been talking a lot about the uh, the addict side of this. So let's let's talk to partners for just a minute. So the brains, if we talk about again what happens in the brain, I know again we hear this all the time. Spouses tend to feel a lot of shame, um, a, a lot of fear, a lot of other emotions around just the initial trauma response and what's going on inside mm -hmm. of them. Right? They feel crazy. They feel insane. And sadly, we as addict partners do a pretty thorough job in more cases than not of reinforcing that thinking intentionally or not. Otherwise, so it's important as gaslighting. Yes. So it's important for you to absolutely know that what you're feeling is completely not only healthy, but we would argue is, is your brain's healthy wiring coming online. The brain's internal trauma response is designed to protect us. Yes. Okay? When we experience something that is emotionally or physically damaging, the trauma response steps in. To immediately, it, it acts like a referee that comes in, blows the whistle, calls a timeout and says, whoa, 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 no more, stop. Yep. Everyone stop, right? And it immediately calls a timeout and it causes us to do any number of things, right? Ranging from pulling back to isolating to, from, the, from the source of that trauma to any number of other things that we cover in other podcasts. The point is that what we're trying to make is that when you feel those, those internal responses, we can get and and get behind the 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 seeming insanity behind some of those initial feelings. You're not broken. This is absolutely normal. Okay, you are in a place of questioning everything and everyone, and and we would say that that makes logical sense for the reasons that we just listed for you, right? Um, when it comes to your own healing, one thing that I just want to say because this is going to kind of segue into these other sections we're going to get into here. When we are doing healthy recovery work. The external, the internal trauma responses that we have inside, we need to honor those, respect those, and hold space for those. It's the external trauma reactions 
that are sometimes toxic that we work to change. Okay, so when you're doing your own work, it's important to remember the goal here is not to feel trauma. Okay, the goal is to regulate how you respond and how you what you do with the messaging that your brain that your healthy brain that's trying to save you is giving you. Yeah, because what we want to help partners do often what happens in the in the absolute overwhelm of betrayal trauma is is in an in an effort to try to cope with that. You'll have partners who will step into behaviors that are not authentic to yeah. her. Right? I'm I was a very outgoing and and really friendly and happy and and vocal person. Now I've just become depressed and shut down and isolated. Right? I'm not being authentic. My external response to this internal trauma is taking me out of my authentic place. Or I've become a raging, crazy person. That's not me. Right? Mm. What is happening? Well, it's an external response from the internal turmoil, which is all very legitimate. But we want to help all of you to start to get into a place where, you know, what does it, what does it take to start to feel safe again? What does it take? Yeah. Yeah, and Dare to Connect, we're working, we're we're now on week five of a long series on betrayal trauma. We're deep diving on this topic yeah, we, yeah. right now every day. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go at least a couple more weeks in, in D2C with it. We didn't plan on that, but that's what our subscribers need right now. So we are. And we're talking about this right now, right? The regulation of the of the external responses while honoring and feeling and acknowledging and working with those internal feelings. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so there's, I mean, there's lots to say, but we, for sake of podcast time, we do have to press on. So yeah, so so let's talk about what it takes to be safe again. And yeah. Steve, when you and I talked about this as we were preparing, we both almost said this word in almost the same voice: boundaries. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> but it's but this concept of of immediately trying to get to the place of establishing baseline boundaries, because what what do we want to have happen? Try to put baseline boundaries in place that make the immediate environment and situation safe. Because what is it? What is the brain saying? I'm not safe. I'm not safe. So I've got to get baseline boundaries in place as an immediate priority to get to some level of safety. Yeah. Right. And 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 we could talk, Steve, real quick about what what are baseline boundaries. Yeah. I mean, things to look at, especially in a situation like this, is you you need to start with the real fundamental basics and then kind of work out from there. So physical space, what's mm-hmm. needed right now, right? The That fight, flight, freeze response that accompanies the brain's trauma response is real. And if you are in a situation where you where the triggers are so escalated and being around somebody, they're so great that you're constantly in a fight, flight, freeze response, working on any of this is going to be impossible. It's the equivalent of trying to like feel relaxed in your campsite while a bear is just sitting there 15 feet away from you next to the campfire toasting a marshmallow with you. You're not <laughs> going to feel safe. Okay, so, so you might need physical space that can look like anything from sleeping in separate rooms to possibly in different places. Um, maybe sex needs to come off the table. Maybe it's not a question of moving out. Maybe intimacy needs to go. Maybe there are certain topics that for the sake of time uh, there are certain topics that have to be, or not sake of time, but for sake of just their content, need to be reserved for a therapy office or for some other venue that are safe, right? Mm-hmm. All of those things are going to be kind of baselines that you're going to want to look at and then work out from there. And you know, once you get those baseline boundaries, those immediate boundaries in place to at least get some level of of rudimentary safety going, 
you're going to immediately then want to identify and tap into a support system that is outside of the betrayer, right? You're, you, yes. you're not going to find safety in the one who betrayed you. And I know it's natural to want to go to that person, right? Again, because of the depth and the intimacy of the past relationship, uh, I want him to fix this. Mm-hmm. But, but you can't have the person that punched you unpunch you, so to speak. And so yes. we know how hard it is, but, but to find this outside support system, right? So through, um, you know, through different 12-step groups, uh, one that comes to mind is Essanon, uh, to, to find a therapist, uh, to, you know, outside, other outside resources, Steve, that come to your mind. Well, Dare to Connect, obviously, Dare the one connect, that we of course. supply would be great. It has support systems. It has groups. It has all of those things kind of built into it. But wherever you go, right, the importance is that you have a balanced support system. And I would say that, and this kind of ties into the, you know, her last question of what is critical to healing. Where we oftentimes find partners uh, set themselves up for failure, and sometimes their their addict partner plays a role in this because they're desperate for their partner to connect with them, even though it may not be safe, is is sometimes we will out of out of a desire for the relationship to be healthy, we will continue to engage in the relationship based on the paradigm of where we want the relationship to be safety wise mm. and transparency wise, rather than where it actually is. Yes. And so acceptance is, as my wife's 12 step group says all the time is the answer today to all of my problems. <laughs> mm. um, and acceptance in this case is the first best step. It's a recognition of, I may love this man. I may care about him and I, and, and we may still have a shot and we can work on this, but right now today in this moment, how safe is he? Right. I can't base my my response with him based on potential. I have to base it on verifiable fact because potential is going to keep you in that same unsafe state, which is going to not only hinder your progress in recovery, but also your coupleships and probably will actually derail the two of you even more. And having that outside support system, right? You need to, you need to have a, a place where you can go to learn about what betrayal trauma is, that you're not crazy. You're not yep. overreacting, right? You, that this is this is a normal response, and to be able to talk with others who have been there and can teach you about what it is. Uh, you need a place to speak your truth and be heard without judgment and with true empathy, right? Because there's people there who have been where you are. Um, receiving mentoring and guidance from those that are farther down the road. Uh, validation for your pain, what you're going through, right? Absolutely. That's 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 external to the betrayer. You 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 can't go and get empathy and and true, you know, true support from the from the person who has betrayed you, at least not initially and for a while. Exactly. Until he does a lot of work on his part. Because remember, guys, everything that your capacity to receive anything from your partner, anything, is it think of like the wire, the circuit that connects the two of you that way, the receiving line is made up 90% of what? It's made up of trust. Yes. And if the trust isn't there, it doesn't matter what he says or how eloquently he says it. It's going to be all bullshit to your brain. Right. Right. That's where that's what's going to happen. And that and again, that's your brain's healthy trauma response saying, yeah, you he screwed us over six ways to Sunday before bullcrap. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and, that's why this outside support system is so critical. It's, it's so critical. And 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 having said that, there's also another area that's often overlooked. It's the whole area of your own self-care. 
right? What is, what is, how am I taking care of myself? Because you said this before we started today, Steve, there's got to be a clear distinction between your relationships recovery and your individual healing. Too often those get kind of mixed up and muddy. You've got to take care of you first without exception that the focus is there. It cannot be on the relationship yet. So, so what are the aspects of your emotional, physical, spiritual self-care, right? Are you taking care of you? Are you renewing and recharging? Um, you know, you, you don't have to wait on your partner that has betrayed you. You don't have to wait on him or feel dependent on his progress or the lack thereof for you to move forward with your own healing and your own wellness. And to expand on what Mark is saying, you can't afford to. Can't afford to. You cannot afford the wait. You've got to go now. Yeah. Um, and so, and 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 hopefully that you guys hear that for what that's intended to be, which is just to empower you. Um, the relationship is an amalgam of the work that you do, the work that he does, and that's a complicated process. But you do not need to wait on him for you to start to get better. Because so, one of the things that shouted at me from what she wrote to us, and when I saw this, I thought of Mark <laughs> and his deep addiction. She said, yeah, I've gone to him and told him about all the things that I need and, and what we need as a couple to go forward, getting a therapist, joining a program like D2C, getting into 12-step work. What was his response? Well, I'm doing, a, I'm doing an online porn addiction recovery course, and that's all I can handle right now. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, did my BS meter alarm like start. <laughs> like sounding loudly because Mark, I used to do that so much. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this, uh, you know, the study course right now. So I can't get really raw and real and authentic and face all my stuff by going to a therapist and get being confronted in a 12, 12 step group. No, I'm just going to do this online course right now. I did that all the time. What was it about? It was about avoidance. It was about not not being willing or ready to lean into the hard and to face the the true realities of what I had created. And so boy, did I see that. So in in the in the gal that sent this stuff into it, she's got to go forward. And if he's and if he's gonna, you know, be in a course and that's all he's gonna do, she's she's gotta get moving. Yeah. Take care of herself, right? Well, and with these courses, you know, again, we don't want to diminish anything out there. And, and it's great that he's working on something, right? We definitely want to it's helpful. props where props are due. But lovingly, based on this submission that we got, we read it for you word for word. That is not the primary target that needs to be worked on right now, right? We're, what we're looking at is we're working on a, a significant wound. Is pornography an issue here? Yeah, clearly, right? Pornography is an issue. I would not say it's the issue, particularly when it comes to the relationship. And so there probably needs to be a pretty a pretty direct discussion between this partner and this and this addict around, look, I'm grateful for what you are doing, but we we may have a, a level one trauma over here, but I'm at a level five. And I'm gonna be bled out by the time you do whatever it is you're doing with your class. So what can we do to put some sort of a direction towards this because these are my needs. I'd like you to do it with me, but if you're not able to do it with me, whether it's therapy or dare to connect or some other program or whatever it is, I'm going to do it. Now the train is leaving the station. Please join me. Yeah. Yeah. And the last part of this is, you know, why is everything we've just talked about so critical to healing? It's because it's because this partner needs a safe place to land. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. She's, 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 she's in a, she's her, her, her life's she's on, she's like on the airplane of her life and it's spinning out of control because of all this. And she's got to try to bring it into a, at least a safe place to land so that she can start to, to get her arms wrapped around what now, right? Yes. How, what, how do I go forward now? And so there's, you already talked about acceptance about where the relationship is not where she hopes it would be or thought it was, but what is the reality? That's a big part of this. And it's, imp- and by the way, it's impossible to heal if, if there's continued re-traumatization. So true. If my, if my partner has punched me in the face and it's, I'm really smarting and bruised and hurting from that, but now I keep putting myself in the place where he keeps punching me, I'm never going to heal. Absolutely. And how often as addicts do we do that, whether it's intentionally or not? It's like we literally, in one hand, we've got an ice pack, and in the other hand, we've got brass knuckles. Yeah. And we're, I mean, it's its really sick when you think about it. And yeah, and she talked about it through his, but, his gaslighting, his blaming, his shifting all of it to her, right, to turning the tables. All of that is like I'm continuing to punch my partner who's already bruised and hurting. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's there's lots here, guys. Lots to do. Lots that could be said about this. We 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 do need to do need to wrap up here today. We have so much empathy for for you spouses who are working on this and in these difficult situations. We we know that you're dealing with hard and difficult things, and we just so honor all the work that you're doing. Um, we we do encourage you to find take the steps you need to find healing for you today. Please don't wait. Please don't please don't fall into that trap that frankly our spouses went to. Yeah. Um, true. That, that we we were guilty of that. And and I hate to admit it, I was a big purporter of that. I tried to keep my wife from going and getting help. And there were lots of twisted reasons for that. And I wish I could go back and slap that guy around because <laughs> he needed it. So please take the steps now. As, as always, there are lots of places you can go out there. May we suggest give Dare to Connect a shot. If you're looking for a one-stop shop for a, a source, a source for everything that we're, we're, we've talked about here today, Short of individual therapy itself, Dare to Connect, we work very, very hard to make sure that it is the Amazon of recovery from sexual addiction. And uh, you can find what you need there. We encourage you to give it a shot at daretoconnectnow.com. There's a two-week trial. You can grab there today and uh, give it a shot, see what all the, all, the, all that's about. And as always, uh, we would love to hear questions, feedback from you, whatever you've got for us uh, about the podcast. We just uh, celebrated year four. We turned... The baby turned four years old last year or last week. So yep. uh, we're in our fourth fourth year now. And again, couldn't be more fifth year. We're starting our fifth year. So we couldn't be more grateful for all of you. Please uh, visit pbscpodcast.com. Shoot us a, uh, a message down there at the contact form with questions that you'd like addressed on the podcast. We'd love to hit on those for you. So. Yeah. Thanks for being with us today. Waiting through some really hard stuff. We just so appreciate all of you and, and everything that you're trying to do. And uh, we will look forward to spending time with you on our next episode. Take care. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.